Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode of Innovation and Compliance. And you are in for a real treat today because I have with me Brian Alster. Brian is Dun & Bradstreet's Global Head of Supply and Compliance, and he is going to talk to us today on what I think is an incredibly innovative, but uh, simple uh, technique and straightforward technique that he and his team have developed, and it's called the Supply Chain Health Check. So Brian, with that uh, introduction, welcome, and I really appreciate you taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you, Tom. It's great to talk to you again. So Brian, uh, over the past uh, few months uh, and and l- even to the last few weeks and maybe even the past few days, the only thing that I am certain about is that there's going to be geopolitical uncertainty, and it seems to be um, you know almost daily now. And one of the things that I've been struggling with as a compliance practitioner is how do companies understand. Uh, what they have, what risks they have, and how those risks might change. And I came across your uh, new, uh, what I think is, like I said, innovative program on Health Check. Uh, but I was wondering if you could uh, talk to us about how you developed it uh, and um, how you would advocate that a company use it really in this this in time of ge- such geopolitical uncertainty. Yeah, no, I, I think first and foremost, going to the root cause of, of some of the, the challenges that organizations are seeing today is simply that globalization has created a demand uh, for goods and services that go beyond borders. And as a result of that, corporations are reliant on these interconnected supply chains um, that, that do cross borders. When you cross borders, you bring inherent risk or the potential of inherent risk into a process. Uh, you layer on globalization, you layer on top the geopolitical risks that you're seeing around the world um, right now, it is creating havoc for uh, organizations. And one of the best ways to try and mitigate risk proactively is uh, to to have a health check in your procurement process. And the way that you're onboarding suppliers and other third parties is to ensure that you have a solid process, um, just like an annual visit to the doctor. You continue to review that process to ensure that it is uh, indeed doing what uh, you, the organization had intended for it to do. Uh, and, and we could talk a little bit more about some of these challenges. Um, the one thing I will say is that this process, while it is innovative, it is very simple to do. It is it does not require a significant amount of, of funding or uh, of people to do, but it does require a level of uh, fortitude to ensure that the company, one, has the culture to execute on it uh, uh, from the top down, and two, has policies that help to dictate the process. So I really, um, from the corporate perspective, from the corporate compliance perspective, uh, I was wondering if you might be able to lay out the specific steps that a compliance practitioner, that a supply chain uh, professional, or even, you know, God forbid, a lawyer sitting in the general counsel's office uh, might do to perform this health check. Sure. Uh, There's four simple steps. I'll start to take you through them and we can dig deeper into each one uh, as you'd like. 
the first step is, and, and you and I have personally talked about this in the past as well, Tom, it's about diversifying. So having diversity in your supply chain ensures that you've got the ability to pivot for any reason. It could be natural disasters. It could be geopolitical risk. It can be uh, regional sanctions like we've seen recently um, or overall political insecurity. And the, the beauty here is that by proactively building diversity into the supply chain, you can react more quickly. If you find that you don't have the choices or the ability to pivot uh, as quickly as possible, unfortunately, that, that, that challenge is going to fall right to the bottom line. Delays in the supply chain will cause delays in getting product or services out, which will cause delays in revenue, which will fall directly to um, profit or loss. Brian, one of the things that uh, I've heard supply chain professionals talk about is efficiency and things like just in time, where you have a, a very small cadre of suppliers, uh, if not physically close, uh, close enough that they can transport uh, uh, raw products to in the supply chain up to a larger company uh, so that the um, uh, raw products can be brought quickly and efficiently to create the final product. Does diversity really allow for that as well? It does with some caveats. Just in time or any other logistical engineering of the supply chain does come with its efficiencies. However, how quickly you can pivot within that supply chain will dictate not necessarily whether or not you can stay in a quote-unquote just-in-time process, but how quickly you can get back up and running. So yes, it will be very difficult to have multiple suppliers of the same product being able to provide the, the tools or raw materials in a, in a given um, process immediately. But the amount of runtime that you can create, that you can reduce falls again directly to the bottom line. The quicker you're back up and running, the quicker you, the, the more profitable you will be. Brian, after diversity, what's the next step that businesses should take to perform a health check? The second, second step is around visibility. A lot of this has to do with the tools that a company has at its um, fingertips in order to quickly assess the overall supply chain. This could be, uh, an example of this would be a heat map of where all your suppliers are in the world or within a specific region of the world. Uh, it could also be a, uh, a view of, by industry so that you can see where your suppliers are for a given portion of your raw materials. It enables you to also segment by risk level, by size of business, by diversity. And when I say diversity, I mean um, maybe minority-owned businesses so that you can have a really quick understanding of what your supply chain looks like across multiple dimensions. Having this level of visibility and understanding gives you um, a level of benefit because it enables you to play off your front foot. It enables you to be more proactive and to foresee potential challenges than to have to react when something occurs. So is this a situation, Brian, where someone would have to bring in a new technological solution or a new set of tools? Are these tools largely in place in a corporation and they're just not used in this proactive manner? 
Um, it depends. In less mature companies, they are not necessarily readily available, but most of them are readily available and are very inexpensive and can integrate with most companies' existing data infrastructure. So it's not hard to implement. So Brian, we've talked about diversity and visibility. What's the next step in the health check? The next is to have a really efficient onboarding process. Um, an onboarding process is one that validates vendors as early as possible and puts them through um, a varying levels of due diligence based on their risk. So if I were to walk through the key steps of a successful onboarding process, I would say, um, I would first say that you need a very uh, uh, simple online portal. That online portal would enable uh, companies to direct their third parties to a website uh, or online uh, keep, uh, questionnaire to gather data. And this can be done um, in today's environment. It can be done using multilingual software, so it can go out in one language and be received in another language. Uh, it can handle questions on the fly. You can change questions dynamically. You can add questions. For example, one of the good things just recently um, that companies have had to uh, adapt to would, was in May, the GDPR regulations coming out of the EU, and having the ability to quickly add questions on your questionnaire for new incoming suppliers or existing suppliers in your supply chain, having a portal to go to direct them to quickly enables companies to gather information quickly and efficiently about their third-party suppliers. The second step would to be able to then bring that data in and be able to match that information to a known business entity. Nefarious actors, Tom, are not going to raise their hand and say, we are bad, right? That's the need for the onboarding process. So being able to identify and verify the information that was supplied in the online portal is critical. Uh, having a unique identifier like the DUNS number is a great way to build out this online verification process. The next step is to uh, append a lot of uh, key information to enrich this record. One example would be firmographic data about the business, its size, its revenues, um, number of employees, also things like what industry it's in, uh, where it's geographically located, who its corporate parents are, what subsidiaries they own, who um, uh, minority principal owners are around beneficial ownership. And from all of this information, what you've now been able to do is create a risk assessment. And within that risk assessment, you can rank whether or not these companies are potentially of high risk, moderate risk, or low risk. And from there, you could then determine what level of due diligence or further screening you would like to do on that company in order to confirm whether or not you'd like to do business with them. So being able to take those kind of steps during the onboarding process will not only make you more efficient, uh, it'll also help you uh, expedite the process while reducing expense because some low risk suppliers, you may not have to do a full blown due diligence on and therefore you can expedite or fast track them. Whereas those that might be in maybe high-risk regions of the world with geopolitical risk or other uncertainty, you might take uh, more time and do a bit more due diligence on them. So, Brian, we've now talked about diversity, visibility, and onboarding, and I've heard really one key theme throughout the first three, and that's greater efficiency. 
Does that hold true for the final step as well? It does. It does. The final step is, um, is to have a really strong monitoring tool in place. Monitoring enables um, organizations to determine whether or not they need to reassess the role that the, a third party has in their business. For example, being able to monitor whether or not uh, an ownership structure has changed or a risk profile of the business has changed or ownership um, of a subsidiary or a parent has changed. Being able to have that information at your fingertips and to receive it in an alert will enable the company to say, oh, you know what, I was not supposed to reassess this company for another 12 months, but now let me bring it in and, and expedite that because something has changed in the risk profile that makes me want to figure out if I still want to do business with them. So what this does is this helps to recertify, continue to do business, or to offboard them because you no longer want to do business with them, which, by the way, is another reason why you want to have diversity in your supply chain in the event you have to offboard um, a given supplier because their risk profile changes. Brian, uh, when we were introducing this topic, I mentioned the various uh, corporate disciplines that might uh, need to take a look at this process or use it uh, from the compliance professional to a general counsel or a lawyer in the general counsel's office. Uh, to a supply chain professional. Do all of these steps work with uh, various corporate disciplines, perhaps even including internal audit or, or something else? Um, yeah, for the most part, this is a, uh, a time-tested, customer-validated, uh, third-party risk management process that works We've seen it work um, within various organizations within our customers, whether that be in um, third-party risk management procurement, global sourcing, compliance, general counsel. We've even seen it roll up into the CFO organization. And in all cases, this is a really holistic view of how to ensure you're building a strong third-party risk management program that is easy to uh, um, integrate, and also provide some technological benefits because it does bring this whole process together in a seamless environment uh, with a single source of data, the single source of truth uh, on, a, on a single platform that enables uh, a quick and efficient decision-making process. Brian, I often talk about innovation as leading to efficiency, but after listening to you, it strikes me that the innovation you're talking about is efficiency and that uh, uh, that's not something that we, we we typically refer to innovation or efficiency as innovative but it seems to me now that you've gone through each step you've really brought a truly innovative approach to a wide variety of, of potential uh, uh, not problems but potential areas of inquiry so uh, would that be a fair assessment yeah i, I think that's a, a great assessment i, I will say this when we talk to organizations um, around the globe, whether we're talking to the chief compliance officer or the chief procurement officer, we're hearing one common theme. What used to be the job to just mitigate risk in the chief compliance world or just reduce expense in the chief procurement officers or global sourcing role, we're seeing the convergence of the two of them. We're seeing the need for compliance officers to take into consideration um, revenue, 
which means that they have to onboard suppliers more quickly and more efficiently. And they don't have the money or the people to throw bodies at it. They have to do it utilizing automation and innovation, to your point. On the counter side, global procurement and sourcing can no longer just be measured by reducing expenses. They also have to measure brand protection and how quickly they can onboard as well to maximize efficiency and, and revenue. So what we're seeing is the kind of that convergence of compliance and third-party procurement or global sourcing. And we're seeing that convergence happen because automation is critical to their success. They no longer, this isn't two decades ago where you might be able to devote um, dozens or even hundreds of people to a compliance function that could be manual in nature that takes 30 days. Companies will not wait 30 days anymore for companies to, to for suppliers to be onboarded. It needs to be done faster to drive the bottom line. So Brian, I started off by introducing this topic around the um, issue of uh, geopolitical uncertainty. We really went in a direction of efficient business process and how efficiency uh, is can be innovative, and it's certainly innovative in this process. But I was wondering if you might be able to tie not only the efficiencies you've described and the innovation you've described, but really how this information would allow a company to, I think, as you said, protect itself uh, amid this ge current ge geopolitical uncertainty and reputational risk that can arise, uh, unfortunately, almost daily now. Yeah, you know, I was just reading a, a recent survey had cited that um, about one third of CEOs, when asked uh, what was a reason, what was an extreme concern for them, they cited geopolitical risk as uh, one of their largest concerns. And I, I think that because the globalization is taking companies into regions of the world that are less stable and uh, and more critical to their global supply chains than ever before, that having a strong third-party due diligence process and one that requires a quote-unquote annual physical every single year to ensure that we're constantly figuring out the best ways to protect the brand, mitigate risk, and maximize efficiency is critical. So, Brian, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I was wondering if any of our listeners wanted more information on the uh, supply chain uh, health check, uh, how could they find out more about it? Uh, the best way to do it is to go to our.com. We have information uh, on the website as well as ways to contact us for more information and insight. Brian, I'm afraid the part where you gave the website address clipped out. Could you repeat it for us? Sure. The best way to reach us is by going to our website at dnb.com. That way you can read up more information about this as well as uh, reach out and ask for more information and insight. Well, Brian, I wanted to thank you for visiting with me today. I've been visiting with Brian Alster, Dun & Bradstreet's Global Head of Supply and Compliance on really a fascinating new process that uh, he and his team have developed called Health Check for the business supply chain. It's uh, truly innovative, but it's innovative, or at least one of the ways it's innovative is in its efficiency. So Brian, uh, thank you again for taking the time to visit with me and I look forward to continuing the conversation. 
Thank you so much, Tom. Have a wonderful day. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.